Hey, I'm Stephen Povatter, the lead minister at Central Church of Christ in Little Rock, Arkansas. Our goal as a church is to follow Jesus together. So we gather on Sunday mornings for Bible study at 9 a.m. and worship at 10:15 a.m. And you'd always be welcome to join us. To learn more, go to arcentralchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon. So uh, we have a couple of things, uh, a couple of housekeeping things I want to uh, take care of before we start into the sermon uh, today. And the first one is that Andy Hicks, who is very hard to find today because he's wearing this bright orange vest, okay? Andy is uh, works with our security team here at Central. It makes sure that everything is uh, safe for us while we're here and also set up and open and closed, uh, open, open when we get here and then close when we leave. Um, and Andy has let me know that we need some more people to volunteer for that. And we would love, it is a great way to volunteer if you're uh, looking for something to do and to be a part of. It's a great team to be a part of. Uh, so get to get to be with some new friends and, uh, and build some relationships while you do that. And also, I mean, Andy, I think it's a great way to like meet people as people are coming in and out too. So it's just a, it's a really great opportunity. They'll train you and make sure that you know everything that you need to know to be a part of that. So if you're looking for something to jump in and be a part of, I, oh, I'm going to go off on in here. I think they work on a monthly rotation. Is that right? Yeah. So, so you, when you're on, when you're on, you're on for a month. Um, so it doesn't mean you necessarily have to do it forever and ever the same, you know, uh, uh, every week in and out, you get breaks and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you can help that be a little bit easier for them by agreeing to come and, and take it for, uh, take a rotation for a month. So if you're looking for something to do, jump on that. Um, it would be, you'll, it'll be a good way for you to give a blessing back to the rest of the, to the community here. And the other thing that I want to say is that we uh, are want to uh, let you guys know that the Beecham family, oh, I'm so glad that I said that right when you were yawning, Avery. Um, the Beecham family is placing membership with us, and we have been so glad to have you guys here for the last year. Uh, and we are glad that you decided to make, make it official or whatever that is, um, that membership thing is. We're, we're so glad that you guys are part of our community. I'm going to ask you guys to stand up if you don't mind, the four of you. Guys. So this is Jeremy and then Avery and Ashley and Bailey. And uh, I think Bailey is go going into third grade. Is that right? Am I getting that correct? Okay. Um, and Avery is going into the eighth grade and uh jeremy is going into the 22nd i'm not sure i lost okay somewhere in there um great so anyway if you would if you haven't had a chance to meet them they are awesome they're just in there that place looking to um volunteer for some other stuff too so jeremy maybe talk to andy i don't know i don't know if that's a you know the in your wheelhouse or not but so glad to have you guys here and if you're looking uh, if you've been here for with us for a while and you're you think hey you're you're in that place where you're thinking about um, kind of making a commitment for this to be your church community. We'd love to have you. Uh, all you have to do is talk to uh, one of our elders or our staff members and let us just just let us know that you're in that place and we'd, we'd love to have you have you here, okay? And if you're visiting for the first time, who knows, maybe in a year, right? We'll see. Uh, this, you guys, uh, if you've come and taken that step to say, hey, I'm going to go to a new place, try out this new church, uh, I just want to tell you, we appreciate that. We know that takes some guts. It's not the easiest thing to do to walk into a brand new community. So thanks for being here 
and thanks for giving us um, a chance. We're just a group of people that are trying to follow Jesus together. That's our mantra. That's what we say all the time. Uh, and there's always room for somebody else. Okay. Last week, uh, I said that this is our, uh, we're going to finish up our Proverbs study today. Proverbs are an interesting form. Uh, all these little, little one-sentence uh, statements that we get in this, in this book of the Bible that go on so many topics that share wisdom about so such a wide range of things, everything from um, the, your, your work ethic to telling the truth and what it means to be a good friend. Proverbs are a really fascinating vehicle for transmitting wisdom because uh, they tell you something. A lot of times they make sense on their face. Like there's a surface level that they communicate something that's easily accessible and true. And then sometimes if you start thinking about it, they keep on giving. They give you a little bit more to think about over time. Sometimes they're like riddles that require you to chew on them for a little bit. I asked some of our, I asked people last week if you wanted to send me some, uh, uh, send me some proverbs so that I could share. And these are some, some general ones here. Um, uh, Mike Spigner sent this. He said, uh, one of the proverbs that he's said a lot in his life is, don't check the depth of the water with both feet. I think is great wisdom. I think that's really good. He also said this one. He said, you can catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. You guys heard this proverb before? Now, I would say, ironically, we have a fly-catching device on our, uh, on our counter right now because of fruit flies. We had some like watermelon, those kind of stuff. So ours is full of vinegar. So I don't know if that proverb is actually literally true or not because it seems like we're getting our share of them. Uh, that way. But Mike also added that he, he, he gives this proverb and addendum that you can catch the most flies with a dead squirrel. So I just want to offer, we're not putting that on our counter. Okay. That's not going to go on the kitchen counter. So we're just going to leave it vinegar, I think for now. Um, Lisa Atkinson share, uh, share, shared a couple with me too. Um, one of them was don't believe your own press. Okay. I'm sure you've heard that before. This one, you're going to cut off your nose to spite your face. You guys heard that before, right? Like so. Uh, there, and then there's the, this one that I really love from from Lisa is the fair left town in October. The fair left town in October. Now I asked her about this one because I was like, I want to confirm because I think I know how this one is used. This is used when a young child is protesting the injustice of the parental oppressive system and they're complaining how things are not fair and then the retort is oh, the fair left town in october right which i think that you know mull this over okay kids you're welcome for me sharing this with your parents now okay i'm sure that'll that'll be a gift that keeps on giving and then i was well, let's just say I had mixed emotions when I looked on my phone and I saw that I had a text message from Josh Searcy. And I kind of knew where this was going to go, you know. I kind of, and so Josh uh, shared with us a proverb from his Kenyan upbringing. Okay, so this is a Kenyan proverb. Where are you, Josh? How, he's at the beach. Oh, he's watching and laughing online right now is what he's doing. Do I have to read it if he's not here? Oh, man. Josh shared this. Anyone who urinates in a stream 
should be warned because any of his relatives may drink from the water. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate you sharing that. I um, hope you're having a great time at the beach. Okay. All right. So these are Proverbs. This, you know, there, there are things, and admittedly, some of these you don't want to think about too long. Um, but usually they have this kind of level of truth on the surface, and they invite you in to kind of dwell on the really more profound truths that lay within my dad, uh, this is a proverb that my dad used to tell us when we were growing up, and he would say it in the context of, you know, growing up in a family, and, and sometimes, like, uh, there would be debates about whether my brother had left, like, a stack of quarters on his desk, and he was like, are they all there, or did, did Stephen come and get some, or, or vice versa, or whatever that case. And dad used to say this one to me, you ready? You're going to have to, like, hang in to get this old one. His proverb went like this. A wise monkey never monkeys with another monkey's money. Okay, so just let that sink in. Darren, I think this is a bank proverb. I don't know. I don't know if that's a helpful. You can put that on your desk somewhere, right? A wise monkey never monkeys with another monkey's money. And what he was trying to tell us is if you really want to start a conflict with somebody, like mess with their cash. And that becomes like, serious really quickly, right? And it's a way to kind of get yourself in trouble really quickly. All of these are just part of the large collection of folky, everyday wisdom. The folky sense of things that we've learned as a community of humans and want to pass on to the next generation or to our neighbors or to each other in, in a way that helps us figure out what it means to live well in the world. What does it mean to live in such a way in the world that you don't bring on unintended consequences on yourself just because you didn't stop to check the water with one toe first? What does it mean to live in such a way that really looks like the beautiful life, that looks like the good life? Wisdom leads us down that path and helps us to think about what it really, really, truly means to live well and the kinds of choices that are more likely to get us there and the kinds of choices that bring about pain and problems for ourselves that we don't really want to start with. That's the role of all these Proverbs. And the role of the book of Proverbs is to collect all that for us and also to remind us that the ultimate true wisdom comes from God. That it's not something that we just discover on our own. It's not something that we get just by testing and seeing and experimenting over time. But that we need a source of wisdom that is beyond ourselves. That's beyond what we might naturally figure out on our own. We need the source of wisdom that comes from God. In other words, in order to know how to live well, we need to come back to the one who created life and created the cosmos in which we live, the order of the creation. God, the source of life himself, is the one that ultimately we turn to to know 
how to navigate this stuff. Beginning of wisdom is not just a lot of experience. Beginning of the wisdom is the fear of the Lord. It's turning to God and learning to rely and open ourselves up to what God is trying to teach us over time. So much of what we learn in Proverbs has to do with uh, this reminder of what it means to open ourselves up to wisdom. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15 says this, Fools think that their own way is right, but the wise listen to advice. And it's sort of paradoxical, right, in several levels. I mean, meditate on this for a while, and it just keeps going deeper and deeper. It's a word not just for somebody else, but it's a warning for each of us in our own way, right? Because the moment that we think we don't need to listen to advice, the moment that we think that we've got it figured out, is the precise moment that we're actually demonstrating our own foolishness. This is both a result and a path proverb tells us that if we have become foolish people, then we will evidence that. The fruit of that will be that we will not listen and will be convinced of our own wisdom. But the wise person, a person who has become wise over time, is actually, in a paradoxical way, more open to listening to correction, to listening to instruction, to listening for wisdom in the words of other people, right? In other words, the very people who may think that they need it the least are the ones that need it the most. And the people who are open to receiving ever more of it might be the people that have already obtained some wisdom to start with. But it's also a path, right? If you continue to double down on your own knowledge, you're on the pathway towards more foolishness. But if you have the habit of listening to advice, well, this is part of what makes you wise over time. Proverbs 19.20 says this, Listen to advice and gain instruction and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom for the future. And I would have a hard time speaking of all this proverb stuff without like summarizing it exactly that thing. The summary of proverbs that I can name the best is that it is trying to convince us to take on the posture of being ready to listen, of being ready to receive wisdom wherever we may find it, right? And as a church, we've said a lot over the last couple of months that part of what it means to be a community of, of disciples, a community that's following Jesus together, is that we want to be a community of wisdom. Not just a community of people that have everything figured out, but a community that actively engages in the process of seeking wisdom. And I see that. I see in this church wisdom-seeking people. 
I see it at nine o'clock when we show up for Bible study and we're kind of turning over and asking questions and pushing each other, maybe sometimes provoking each other a little bit to dig deeper into the word of God. But I also see it at the lunch table on Wednesdays, 1130, when I go to lunch with Mark or Parrish or some of those guys and we actually have some time to talk about what's going on in our lives, right? Think about what it means to do the, our jobs well and to raise our children well and to be people who are engaged in the community effectively, right? I see it in the times that sometimes we have to intervene with each other and, and find out what's going on that's heartbreaking or challenging. We're just trying to figure out what it means to get through each day. And I see this church coming to each other's aid and helping each other just have space to talk through it, having space to work through it a little bit. And I think that's what a community of wisdom actually looks like. It looks like people who make space for discerning wisdom. And I think that I want to say this on two different fronts here. I want to start off by saying it's in those moments where we are, are, are shaken in such a way that we need more wisdom. We have a challenge or an obstacle that's shown up in our lives. And we're trying to think about what is it that I do right now? And in that time, making space for discerning wisdom means let me take all the community's wisdom and let me try to receive it in a way that helps me get through this moment. It's a point in time. I need help. Help me figure this stuff out, right? But also, beyond making space for discerning wisdom, and by the way, that's not just a community function. Sometimes that's just I have something that's going on, and before I react to whatever challenge is happening, and maybe something big, maybe something just small, right? Before I react to it, I need to kind of take space back and have that habit of saying, hey, where does this lead? I think that's the discerning question, by the way. The question for discerning wisdom is, where does this go? Okay? So I'm, I'm getting ready to make a choice, and I've got a couple of options in front of me, and part of what I'm going to weigh in that question is I'm going to weigh hey, where exactly, if I kind of imagine this out and I make this decision, where does that lead six months from now? Where does that lead a year from now? If I make decisions like this over and over again, where is that going to lead me to two years from now, three years, 10 years from now? Okay. So the question for discerning wisdom is where does this go? And sometimes the reason we bring other community into that is because we don't really know, right? We've kind of looked at it and we say, man, I just can't figure out. It's too cloudy. The future is too cloudy for me. So let me bring some other people that might not have all the same emotional um, weight to what I'm asking about. Let me, let me ask some people that have some distance from it and let's see if they can help me look and see if that future is a little bit clearer for them than it is for me. You see what I'm saying? And all that, pro- all that process is what it means to make space to discern wisdom. I make space in my own mind, in my own heart. I'm not just reacting to things. I'm going to think about them and, and weigh where they lead. And making space as a community means making space to do that process together. Hey, what do you think about this? Where do you think this will go? How will it lead? But it's not just about individual moments. It's not just about the individual challenge. Proverbs wants to take us deeper than that. 
to what it means to build our lives around making space to discern wisdom. Not just discern it, but to chase it and to pursue it. Chapter 8 is one of my favorite chapters in the, in the book. And it, in that space where wisdom is personified as a, a lady wisdom, this, this, um, this person who is calling out and begging, begging this young man that's the, kind of the subject of the book, begging him to come and pay attention and listen, right? And this is what she says in verses 32 through 36. This is a, a great little section of this. And now my children listen to me. Happy are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise. Do not neglect it. Happy is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life, obtains favor from the Lord. And then this incredible warning at the end. But those who miss me injure themselves. All who hate me love death. It's a profound call. That warning at the end of it says, if you abandon wisdom, you make no space for it in your life, you're inviting ruin to your house. You're inviting destruction. The middle part of this little section that we just read, verse 34, says this, the happy is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. And I think that's an incredible picture of what it means to be people, not just individuals, but a community that is making space for discernment, that's making space for wisdom. It's not just, uh, I have a crisis, help me figure out how to get through this crisis. It's the practice of coming to the feet of wisdom. And not just every once in a while to fix a problem, but Daily, I'm watching daily, I'm going daily to the house of wisdom, keeping a visual there, right? I'm waiting beside the door of wisdom. I'm camped out there, eager to see what wisdom has to share. Isn't that a life perspective, right? It's a perspective about what it means to not just be someone who occasionally can receive good advice to get through the day. It's the, the perspective of somebody who is orienting the entirety of the, who they are to seek wisdom, to grow in it, and to allow it to, by all kinds of habits, transform me to be a person who not just is able to make one good choice, but who is able to intuitively perceive in any given moment where it'll probably go. Wisdom isn't just for emergencies. Wisdom is a life choice. It's a choice about what I'm going to do with myself, about where I'm going to aim the entirety of my being. Dave Bland uh, has written that Proverbs is not a how-to book. It's a how-to-be book. It's helping me think about who I'm becoming. 
part of our practice as people that are following Jesus together is, of course, to come to Jesus, the source of all wisdom. It's also to come to the community that is trying to figure that out. It's to come to people that have gained some experience in life and gained some knowledge of what it means to have, to be people who are listening to the word and to figuring out what it means to live it out in the world. And all of this, I, I really think about part of what we're doing, and I, I want to call out explicitly this process that we're going through. We're going to take some time at the end of the year to be more specific about just kind of the ways that we do all the stuff that we do as church together and, and, and what, it's, what it means. I just want to offer a little tidbit of that. Like when we take this process, and now it's, I mean, I guess it's on face because it's Proverbs that we've been doing for the last couple of months. We're about to do something similar, though. We're going to take Acts over the next few months, and we're going to, in our classes and in our, our sermon time, what are we, what are we doing? <laughs> you know, you think about this, right? Like, what are you doing? Like, you've kind of devoted some significant time in your life to this chunk of, like, coming into, like, randomly le- le- listening to a speech, uh, you know, about some book that was written, you know, 3,000 years ago. What are you guys doing, right? That's the way I see it. I see it that you've made this life choice to pursue wisdom. A life choice to pursue understanding by the Word of God. And part of that means, as a community, as we've all made that choice together, as people that are following Jesus together, is we're going to take time to dedicate ourselves to seeking understanding. Isn't that right? Isn't that what we're doing? It's part of it. It's not the only thing that we do when we gather on Sundays, for sure. But it's part of what we do. Part of what we do is we say we want to be a community that dedicates ourselves to growing deeper in the Word of God and in the way that Word of God bears fruit in our lives. We dedicate ourselves to these kind of periods of study. And we're not just doing it because a long time ago somebody told us that we would go to hell if we didn't. And we're not just doing it because somebody ingrained in us that it was what we were supposed to do. We're doing it because we believe that it's important to live well. And that living well means going back to the source of life, putting ourselves at the feet of God and saying, I am ready to listen. We are ready to listen, not just to what we think the good life looks like, but listening to what God, the author of life, has to say about what it means to live out this beautiful gift that is our life before him. That's what we're doing. And so we keep seeking. And over the last few months, we, we saw it in Proverbs. And over the next couple of months, we'll seek in the book of Acts. And when we get done with that, we'll seek in some other text and in some other place and in some other spot. We'll think about other aspects. But over time, not because wisdom comes just in the moment, but over time, we'll develop the habit of listening to God. 
And I think that's at the very core of what it means to follow Jesus together. So that's for all of us that have been doing this for a bit. If you're in a place, and there's so many different reasons to be in this place, but if you're in a place where you are realizing, man, I need a community to help me get my life together. I want to not just bounce through life left and right randomly. I want to give my life to the direction that God has for it. Often we have these moments in our church uh, where we practice invitation, and it's really saying that, that if you're in a place where you are desperately seeking the transformation that comes from the hand of Jesus. Come. Come today. And then come again next week. And then come the week after that and come late in November. And if God awaits his coming, come back next year this time too. The invitation is not just for one day. It is every day, like the folks in AA say, keep coming back. Keep coming back and seeking wisdom together. Let's all stand and sing together.